welcome to this episode of Stand Out, the podcast to better your business brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Listen in and you'll walk away with insights from exemplary members who share their business acumen and the newest ideas from authors and thought leaders relevant to the organizing and productivity industry. And now, here's your host, longtime NAPO member, Claire Kumar. Hello and welcome to another episode of NAPO's podcast, Standout. I'm productivity catalyst Claire Kumar and always thrilled to be your host. Today we're diving into a topic which has been very interesting for me to explore. I've kind of ignored it at my peril over the years. And when I met our speaker for today, our guest for today, Sunil Godsey, I just, I realized that I really needed to dig in and understand this a bit better. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about intuition. If you think of Jewel's song, what does she say? Follow your heart, your intuition. It will lead you in the right direction. Or have you heard the phrase, trust your gut? It's your gut instinct. So I'm like, what is all this about? I've always just used my brain to make decisions. I've been incredibly analytical. And sometimes that's just not enough. So I'm curious, as we can look into this concept of intuition, what's it all about? And Sunil is my guest today. I'm really excited to have him. Let me tell you a little bit about him before we get into the topic. He's the author of two books. The first was Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And we know we have to embrace failure as learning and growing. And our topic for today, which is gut. What is it? How to trust it? and how to use it. And I definitely want to get into exploring why are we calling it gut and all of that. But first, let me just tell you that Sunil right now, he works sometimes with individuals, but often with corporations now on intuitive branding. So he's also figured out how to weave intuition into business. And it's a real power tool when you come to understand how that can serve you. So I'm inviting all of you organizing and productivity professionals, and perhaps those of you who are thinking about this as a profession, maybe there's a gut instinct coming up for you. And maybe you'll know a little bit more if you can tune into that. So Sundell is joining us from London, Ontario today. And I give you the warmest welcome, Sunil. It's great to be with you. Thank you, Claire. I'm looking so forward to this interview and so excited to hop on board and hopefully drop some knowledge bombs on this thing called intuition, which we should be listening to every single time we get an intuitive signal. And I'll talk about that in the podcast as to what that is and how we can make the right decision as entrepreneurs or in our personal life using this, this subconscious phenomenon called intuition. Oh, I'm so excited for this too, because like I said off the top, and maybe we'll touch on some of the mistakes that I've made when I had a feeling that something was telling me I should be paying attention to it and my rational brain just overruled. And so maybe we could start with the definition of intuition and why your book is called Gut. Absolutely. So there's a Canadian business icon his name is Bruce Croxon, and Bruce Croxon has been a big supporter of mine. And I remember in the concept of the book, the first thing that came up to everybody's mind is gut, because that is a common phrase when it comes to listening to your intuition. So gut's probably the first one. And the second one happens to be, I hear voices or you know things like that. But gut is primarily the predominant one. And so you know the reason why we think about gut is, and I interviewed a neurologist friend of mine about this on intuition, he says is because a lot of the neurons a high, high, high number of neurons go through the gut area. So 
typically when we sense something, it's a gut feeling that we get. But what I explored since then is that, and discovered is that these signals are actually pretty unique to each one of us. And the gut signal could be signal number three, or it could be signal that we're not sure which signal it is, because the way that intuition functions is that it sends you a series of positive or negative signals. And the positive signals are the ones that tell you to go ahead with a decision. And the negative signals are ones that tell you to back away from a decision. So, and what happens with your intuition is that when it sends you a signal, if you happen to ignore it, so in your case, when you start thinking rationally, it's going to send you another signal that's slightly louder, or it's going to change to try and get your attention. And it's going to continue to do that until there's a signal that you can't ignore anymore. And in fact, one of the the people I've interviewed, she was in a bad relationship for a long time. And she ignored these sort of signals to start off as sort of uncomfortable things, hairs on the back of her neck, skin rashes, migraine headaches, until she actually heard the words, get out. And that's when she finally let this guy go. But by that time, she was financially devastated. He cleaned her bank account, even though she knew her intuition was telling her right at the very start, there's something wrong with this individual. You need to back away now. And other unique ones when it comes to business, I've had a CEO that's seen an omen on his right shoulder. So a really unique, positive, intuitive signal is an omen popping up. So positive, because when I hear omen, I think Damien omen, I think bad, negative, but there can be positive omens. Absolutely. Yeah. So for him, he's able to say whenever he's made the right decision, and we'll go into sort of pattern matching and experience, because this is also very, very important to understand how these signals are actually formed. But for him, every time he made the right decision in his business, this omen seemed to pop up, no shape, no color. And he's now run two multi-million dollar businesses in Canada based on that. And a unique negative signal was I had an interview with an entrepreneur I mean, nobody asks, you know, I say, Claire, hey, let's go for a latte. You know, what are your intuitive signals? You're going to say, this Sunil guy is a little, a little off, but right? it's not <laughs> your typical question you ask. Because yeah, I don't, I don't know. I get a feeling like I don't, yeah, I don't it, know what my signals are. Exactly. And that's the common and hence the title of the book gut. But when I looked at it, I asked him, so what was that first negative signal? And he just didn't know. And so as he's telling me about all the business ventures he got into for the wrong reasons, like money, fame, or ego, he kept grabbing his left earlobe. And about 10 minutes in, he goes, oh my God, Sunil, I just realized every time I make a bad decision, the very first signal he gets is his left earlobe pulsing, pulsating with heat every single time. And so that's how unique these signals are to each one of us. And so the way that I look at intuition functioning, it's like driving a car. When we drive a car, for those of us who are driving cars, you know, we turn on the engine and if the engine's sounding great, we simply drive off. We don't need to be mechanics. I don't need to, if I'm driving my car, I don't need to pop open the hood to look at compression ratios and gears and all that stuff. I'm not a mechanic. I just want to drive the car. And intuition behaves very much like that with your intuitive signals, as long as you're paying attention to it. But when you pop open the hood of this intuitive car, so to speak, there's four types of intuition that actually drive each of these signals. And the best way I can tell you about how these four intuitive types work is through a case study of a non-believer. And so one of my very first interviewees was a fellow by the name of John Rothschild. And John Rothschild was an investment banker for 25 years in Toronto. And so for him, data, spreadsheets, that ruled his life. And so when I I phoned him up and said, hey, John, listen, I'm doing this, this thing on intuition. And he goes, what are you talking about, Snail? Intuition doesn't exist. You're nuts. 
And he said, come on down. I'll give you an hour. I haven't seen you for a long time. We'll talk about this. He wanted to check if you were okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he must have brought his, you know, his psychiatrist to sit probably in the other room saying, <laughs> I have a patient for you. Right? you know I mean? <laughs> as long as I get a referral fee. And so I come down and say, oh boy, this could be a great interview. So I set up the camera in the room and I start telling John about the CEO that's seen an omen and the one who's, who has his left ear lobe getting hot. And at that time, when I was looking at the research, if you went online, it was, it was you know all about voices from God, manifestation, coming from the cosmos. That's what the internet was sort of talking about when it came to intuition. So to someone who's, who's deep in spreadsheets and data, that's not going to fly with him. And so he says, look, Sunil, like that guy that sees omens, I'd like to shake his hand. And he says, okay, any decision you make in life is based on experience and learning. And so now let's dive into the four types of intuition. One of the first types of intuition is called experiential intuition. And so if you look at your brain like a, an iceberg, 90% below water, 10% above water, the 90% below water is just subconscious area of your brain. And the number of data points it captures when you're born, we have five to 6,000 experiences per day. When you're older, 28 to 35,000 experiences per day, depending upon the research paper you want to read. Every single piece of learning, both formal and informal, Every single piece of experience, both good and bad, gets put into the subconscious area like a library. And so by the time you actually make a decision, your intuition, your experiential intuition has billions and billions of data points to inform you whether the decision you're about to make is the right one or not. So if you're about to make a decision and it's worked for you in the past or something similar, then your intuition is going to send you a positive signal to say, yeah, you know, Claire, this did work out for you in the past. Go ahead with that decision. That's where you get that first intuitive signal. Yeah. So your friend's partially right. Partially, absolutely. Experience plays a part. Yes, absolutely. And then the other one is the negative signal. So if you're making a decision that didn't work out for you or someone else in the past, your intuitive signal is going to say, hey, Sunil, listen, that's not a great decision because this didn't happen here's a negative signal that's going to tell you. And that's where the, the subtle negative or the subtle intuitive positive signals are going to come up. And that's when, if you continue to ignore them, they're going to reinforce that with something that you need to hear or sense. And so what I was telling John is sometimes your intuition has you go against the data. And he goes, well, hold on, Sunil. I actually have an example for you. And I said, okay, John, well, tell me that. John was in the business of putting franchise locations in. So if you look at a Wendy's or a, any kind of franchise, Burger King, McDonald's, his team would go in and take a look at a location and it, they would use a benchmarking system out of 10. And so they look at traffic patterns, development of the area and demographics as examples, as inputs. And so they come out of, with a score. Anything that is a nine out of 10 or higher, they would put a franchise in. There was this location in Toronto, which is a dilapidated area of Toronto in the Esplanade area at one point for those from Toronto. And at that time, it was just run down. People were just going to the, to the bars just to get wasted. And they wanted to put in a franchise that talked about beer pairings. Flashbacks were happening right now. That's, yeah. yeah, you probably will, you will recognize the franchise location once I mention it. But his team says it's a five and a half to 10. Now we're going to get into the second of the four called situational intuition. And we've all had this. We walked into a room and we go, huh, something's off or something's wrong. And that's our intuition, situational intuition saying something in what you're seeing or sensing is off than what it should normally be according to you. 
And so he walks into this Esplanade area and he's looking around, he's looking at his team's data and he goes, "Ah, something is telling me. And now John's saying, perhaps it's intuition. This is all on camera. Perhaps it's intuition. I'm not sure, Sunil, but he went against the team's data and he put in something called the beer market. And the beer market was best place for dancing. I used to love going there. Yeah. That was something that when, when John trusted his intuition to go against the data and that became the most profitable franchise location under all of his in the 20 years that he did business. And then at one point, his purpose changes. John said, I'm done trying to run a business on the sidelines. I want to be a coach. So he wants to trade his 25 year career making probably three to $4 million a year to run, start at ground zero, start at nothing. And so this is now we're going to get into the third of the four called relational intuition. What relational intuition does is it filters the people through to only allow those you want, you should be listening to who truly care for your well-being and they're a foundation for support. They're not yes people. These are people that will give you constructive criticism, but you just know in thick or thin, they will always be there with you. And you and I have probably been through hundreds of thousands of people and I can count on, I have two. I only have two that I can absolutely rely on that are absolute supporters of what I am through thick and thin. And so in John's case, when he decided to make this move, all the people who were concerned about money, fame, ego, high-end restaurants, private jets, limousines, all of those people said, John, you're nuts. Only one person bothered to ask him why, and that was his wife. And when his wife asked him, John, why do you want to do this? And I'm going to be paraphrasing this because this is on camera. When John starts our interview, he says, intuition does not exist, essentially. And when I come up with this particular question for him, 45 minutes into the, into the interview, he goes, Sunil, sometimes you may have all the data, but you have to trust your intuition. <laughs> and he said, he looked at his wife and he said, this just feels right. And that was his intuitive signal. And the fourth of the four is called creative intuition. Creative intuition looks at how risky is that decision? And so if you're eating a sandwich, you're turning left at the lights, your creative intuition is pretty low. But if you're going to do something that's absolutely against the norm, against societal norms, against what most people think, your creative intuition is pretty high. And so in John's case, you would think that his intuition would lead him to a business to take over that has a strong balance sheet, great revenues, good cash flow. Nope, not his intuition. His intuition says, John, you're going to run this tiny, almost bankrupt little restaurant, my friend. And so he does. He quits, rolls up his sleeves, walks into that tiny, bankrupt little restaurant. That bankrupt, little tiny bankrupt little restaurant was Eastside Mario's location number one. And he grew that to over a thousand locations, $2 billion in revenues over 20 years before he retired just after our interview, all because it felt right. And that's the power of intuition and the signals and how much it's so jam-packed with so much information that when you go against it, you're really betting against that idea that your intuition is telling you is the right decision to make. It makes me think of actually Gabor Mate's book, When the Body Says No, when you're talking about these signals, that's when the signals get out of hand and they're actually causing havoc in the body to say, hey, wake up. It's what happened to me. It's interesting. It took me 23 years to leave my marriage. And I knew in year four of our relationship that I knew it wasn't good. Yeah. That's a long time to stay in the wrong thing. And the body's 
started saying no and giving me loud signals. And I'm like, so I left the corporate world in 2008 when I just realized I fell down the stairs in November, 13 stairs, took a tumble down in the morning. And then I thought, you know what? I have to get out, I have to get out. And I left my marriage. And here's another thing that happened. And, and this is maybe the subconscious speaking. I don't know where dreams play a part, but I had a, a leader when I was very young and he was making inappropriate comments repeatedly. And one night he showed up in a dream and I was so upset that he had invaded my psyche. Like he was, and that's when I went to HR because I was like, you don't get to live here. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. And it all depends. So it all depends how far you want to take, how much you believe, like there's manifestation, there's dreams, there's coming from the cosmos. And when I looked at the science of intuition, because if you look at my book, gut is just riddled with a lot of science in there. I love that as a biologist. I love that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just tons of stuff that I found out. Like, for example, one of the premises I had, like when I was five years old. So when I started on this journey of, of intuition, it actually was born from. I'm just going to show there's a lot of pictures of brains for anybody yes. that's watching us on YouTube right now. There's a lot of pictures of brains and the sciences all through here for the people that are curious about this and also science-based for sure. So sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, and I just want to kind of get into the story of why I kind of got intuition. So when I, you mentioned both my books and I wrote fail fast, succeed faster. And what I didn't find out is like, when I started doing book tours on this around the world, you know, the one question I used to get from entrepreneurs is give me the one thing that's going to make me successful. And at that time I used to kind of roll my eyes and say, come on, man, like this is a 400 page book here. I didn't come with a cue card or a business card to say, here's the one thing. I got stuff to say. <laughs> I, got lots, I got lots to share. I got a I got a one hour keynote here. Yet when I went back to the audio recordings, 90% of the people, some actually said I ignored my intuition. I didn't trust my gut. I knew what the right decision was, but I didn't do it. And so if all these people who have failed are saying the same thing, I didn't pick up on that. And that got me to dive into the science of intuition. And so one of the things that I remember when I was five years old, there was these video games that I wanted my dad to buy. And he said, sorry, they're too expensive. And I remember distinctly this voice saying, Sunil, go door to door to raise money. And that's what I did. I raised $200 on a Saturday. Five years old, five years old. Five years old. Yeah. Knocking on doors. (laughs) I was knocking on doors saying, Hey, I want to, I want to buy some video games and my dad's not letting me. So can I, I'm just raising money and I was raising money for charity also. And I was quite upfront. And I said, you know, my school is doing something with charity. We're giving to this orphanage and I'm raising money for video games. I had lots of milk and cookies. So I must've put on five pounds that Saturday from, you know, people saying you're such a cute kid, you know, come on. The power of cute. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I made sure I combed my hair and everything. And so I raised $200. I gave $100 to my dad. $100 went to charity. And then when I reflected on the times that I ignored my intuition, and so, I mean, Claire, we're both South Asian. And so I, I felt that there's four career doors typically for us South Asians. It's what? doctor, lawyer, yeah, yeah, a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or you're a failure. And so I took door number three, which was engineering, and I hated it. But I fell into the trap of societal norms. I fell into the trap of listening to the values and opinions of other people who might have been meaningful. Like my parents, I'm sure they, they meant well, but they weren't really concerned about what I wanted. It was about what the East Indian community wanted, how it looked to them when they told what their son was doing. They wanted to be proud. They want to be proud from the judgment of others. They did not want to be proud that my son did 
what he wanted to do. And because when that happens, generally you become successful. Yeah. And so- You know what, just, just on that thought, it's so interesting because the power of the cultural norms are so strong that even though my parents were 100% behind all of us choosing what we wanted to do, that pressure still made me feel like I should be a doctor or, right? And I went Absolutely. to biology thinking pre-med, quickly figured out that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, it, it is a, a strong societal pressure. So yeah, coming back to your story and this, where does our motivation come from? You know, Absolutely. And when you start getting influenced by other people, this is when you start making the wrong decisions. So I ended up in, in civil engineering and I practiced for three years, but I just really hated it. And I remember in year two, I got an opportunity to be a part investor with a Mexican restaurant chain. And so I ended up becoming a part investor. And pretty soon in one year, I was making five times more in dividends sitting on the sidelines and I was making a full-time engineer. And so I quit in year three. I lost my relationship with my dad. Wow. Yeah. And, but I was, that started my entrepreneurial career. And over the next number of years, I grew five or six ventures to about 20 million in revenues because of this thing called trust that we need to have in business, which is what we'll get into. But the time that I remember that I ignored my intuition and I, it, it was probably the most devastating was I remember I was doing some coaching, personal coaching and engineering. And a friend of mine reached out to me to get some help. She was being stalked at the time. And so she said, Sunil, I need to really get your advice. And again, that there was something urging me to meet with her that afternoon. But I had a couple of people convince me to go for beers that afternoon. And they said, come on, Sunil, yeah, let's go for beers. And so even though my intuition was telling me, meet with her that afternoon, I said, do you mind if we meet a couple of days later? And like a good friend, she said, sure, no problem. And what ended up happening is the very next day, that stalker walked up to her at a bus shelter and put a bullet through her forehead and she died. And my intuition was saying, I should have met with her. And so I could have saved her life. So when I started reflecting on these types of things, I really needed to figure out what intuition was. And if I heard intuition when I was five, perhaps I was born with intuition. And lo and behold, I find a research study that shows that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have intuitive tendencies. And we often talk about the definition of intuition. And so in my podcast interview, I start every interview with that first question, what is your definition of intuition? And it's a wide variety of definitions. And the reason is because your intuition hits the amygdala. That's the flight or flight center. So you're either going to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, which is a negative intuitive signal, or you're not, which is a positive intuitive signal. It's just that simple from a scientific perspective. And because there's no capacity for language in that area, we put our own definition on it. So if people think it's just data and experience, like John Rothschild, fantastic. If you think it's voices from God, because you're, you have very heavy religious influence, fantastic. If you think it comes from dreams, if you think it's manifestation, if you think it, I had an NHL, former NHL coach saying it came from the cosmos and he said, okay, right. For me, it's not there to shove a definition down your throat. This is your experiences how intuition works for you, how you define it is very, very important. My message is use it because every single time it's going to give you a signal, it's going to be the right decision. And other research has shown that when they looked at entrepreneurs, they measured things like skin conductance and sort of, you know, the sweat glands and all that. And they found that intuition hits you on average seven to 10 seconds before you make a decision. And when it comes to trust, which is so important in business, your trust actually starts in 33 milliseconds. So when you actually meet someone or you, you want to buy someone or work for someone, 
in 33 milliseconds, your intuition starts gathering a lot of information and it starts saying, okay, I'm not sure if I trust this person or I do. And it takes under 14 seconds for you to exchange time, money, or effort with that organization. And so in under 14 seconds, you already know if you trust that person or that situation in front of you. The rest is, so we can have a half an hour interview. But you've made up your, you've got a cue. Absolutely. <laughs> you've got a signal within 14 seconds. Wow. Absolutely. And so and for any of the entrepreneurs that are listening or watching, when they meet a customer for the first time, or they're coming in for a job, or they're looking to work for someone, or they're trying to deal with a vendor, or what have you, within 14 seconds, they will know through things like tone, body language, there's seven micro expressions that you cannot fake, even sociopaths cannot fake those seven micro expressions, then you kind of, you know exactly what the situation is in the entrepreneurial event that you're experiencing, whatever it is. And that's the training I do with intuitive branding is to, to, to do that. And the other, with the four types of intuition, we're all naturally stronger in one of them because of how we made decisions in the past. But that also means that we're weaker in the other three. And so all four types of intuition give you a signal as I was talking about. So we're generalizing with gut and, and whispers and, you know, things like that, but each one of those four sends you a signal. And so with the one that you're stronger in, that's the one you're going to listen to. That's going to have that gut or the omen or what have you, but the other three, because you're so you're weaker in them, you are not able to sense those signals. And so let's say you've got three positive signals coming from the strongest one you had and two of the weaker ones. But if one or more of them are sending you a negative intuitive signal and you can't sense it, you start going ahead with that decision when you should be moving away from that decision. And so that's where the problem comes. And so start, now we start making a series of bad decisions that take you down a, a path that you don't want to be on. So how do we tune into this? What can we do to be more attuned to our intuition, to start embedding it into one of those things that we're noticing and paying attention to? So the very, very first thing I have people do, which you, everybody can do right now, is they take a piece of paper and or take two pieces of paper and they look at the, what their positive and negative signals are. And on the one piece of paper is they take a look at, okay, what are the good decisions I've made in the past? And what did it feel like? at that moment, because those feelings are exactly your intuitive signals. And so it could be, it could be an actual feeling in the gut area, whatever it is, describe it. And then you do the same thing for your negative signals. And for each of them, what you want to make sure is that, is that the first intuitive signal, especially for the negative ones, or was that the third one? Like, was there a decision before that, that I made that led to that fourth decision? Was there a second one that led to the third one? And what you want to do is you want to scrape down the layers until you get the, the first subtle signal. Because the problem is like, let's say you and I do that exercise. Let's say, Claire, you, you're really good at doing that homework and I'm not, I'm, let's say I'm lazy. And so for you, that gut feeling, let's say is signal number one. And for me, that gut feeling is signal number three for argument's sake. And so let's say we get together for coffee and then I uh, say, oh yeah, the gut feeling was signal number one for me. And I, of course I didn't do my homework. I say, oh yeah, yeah. Same for me. In my situation, if I get that gut feeling again, because I haven't done the homework to figure out what signal number one or number two is, I've missed two signals, which means I made two bad decisions. Mm -hmm. You're further down the road. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that bad decision could be that I just simply stubbed my toe on the wall or my business is headed towards bankruptcy. Yeah, I, I know, know. I know as organizers going into people's homes 
that there are many times where we get a feeling like, I don't know if I should be going to this person's home. We do things to protect ourselves and have backup numbers and checks and so on. But I know this is top of mind for people. So I'm urging the listeners to really think hard about reflecting on the situations that have gone well for you and the negative ones so you can make your signal assessment, if you will. Absolutely. And, right? and, so, and even if you're going in to clean or to organize, the situational intuition is also going to pick up on what's disorganized because what is disorganized is a window into how that person behaves, what that person's personality is. And values. Their values. And it's because it's how, what they surround themselves with, what are they trying to show people? What aren't they showing people? And you can quickly get a story just on what they place around their houses, their rooms. If they're just naturally messy, You'll see that consistently throughout their their apartment, their house, or their office, which is fine. That's a great baseline. But if the most most of it is say really neat, and then their working area is very messy, why? And this is where your intuition is going to come in to say, okay, this is something that should be a little bit. And I'm sure everybody's picked up on this because you'll be subconsciously your eyes are crossing. This is odd, or that's odd. But we're not picking up on formally saying. My intuition is saying something's odd. I better pay attention to this. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to back away. It could be that you just have to be careful or you have to have some kind of explanation internally to say, why is my intuition giving me a red flag here? Why is there a signal? And so that's what you got to pick up on. And again, you can confirm that with conversations with the other person, watch the micro expressions. And so now this is where, this is the work that I do. And so I, I teach people in business about the micro expressions, about the four types. I normalize the four types or optimize them so that they can, they can listen to all the, the signals coming from all of them. And then they use that as a baseline for every decision they make because it's then critical. And so in your case, for example, when you're very rational, and then the, the other swing is you're very emotional when it comes to making business decisions or decisions in life. Putting it down when you have these four boxes of the four types of intuition gives you a very balanced decision to say, okay, what's my experience and learning saying? What's the signal with this in this decision? What's the situation? What's the people and how's, how risky is this decision? What are the signals coming from all four? And so you can take a look at every decision you make in business, well-balanced that way. And if you get a negative signal, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to back away from that decision. You may need more information. So perhaps you need to investigate more, talk to a mentor, get more data, whatever it is. And if it still doesn't turn into a positive signal, then you truly have to back away from that business decision. And that's the training I do. So it's so interesting because I can think of several examples where I had a relational signals, relationship signals, and I did not listen to them. And they'd led me to bad business partnerships, a bad hire. <laughs> and, and it's like, why am I rooting for an underdog? What's going on with me that I'm like really trying to will this relationship to be something that's, that's great when it's not. So it's, it, yeah, there's some learning and, and saying, why am I dismissing that? What's that about? Absolutely. And you know, you can also catch people where they're trying to say something, but they act different, right? And with your intuition, you know, 33 milliseconds to 14 seconds, it's always on. So it's always watching. So even in your in your when you're in a relationship, like you mentioned, four years in, something was was off. You can have a really great relationship to start, even in business or in your personal life. But if something happens in the other person's life, like his or her values change, they're up to something, and that change in values is too far apart from you agreeing. Like nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to be different. You know, my wife and I have different values in certain areas, but they're tolerable, right? And so that's why we st we're still married. But in areas where 
you know, the values are so vastly different that your intuition is going to say, this is way too off base. Then it's going to start giving you warning signals. And so it could happen 10 years in a relationship. You can have a really good 10-year ride because the values are great, but then something changes in one person's life that the intuition starts giving maybe a second, it'll give a second chance. But when it starts seeing a pattern of behavior or things as out of the ordinary, then it's going to start sending you some warning signals. And there are often stories I hear of people who've found someone who's cheating or they just lost interest in the relationship or they got into financial issues, but they're manifested in sort of very deceptive behaviors that the intuition has picked up on. There's a sudden change in behavior where somebody wants to spend more time with another group of people. And that's great, but there's no real logical tie or rational tie just to why, right? And so why all of a sudden? And so your intuition is always going to take a look at that and then start sending you some warning signals to say, you need a little bit more information. And if you need to back off, back off. And unfortunately, what happens is we start looking at the, well, I've the sunk cost. You know, I've already put so much time. Maybe we'll make it work. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I'm being overburdened. And, and in some cases, they'll tell you you're nuts, you're wrong. And you'll take that and say, oh, yeah. Oh, a little gaslighting right. going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, oh lots yeah. of gaslighting. And so that's that's their mechanism to kind of fend you off. And they're, and they're looking at your, your micro expression. They may not realize it, but when they see you kind of backing away, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. If I continue to say this, he or she is going to back off. So I'm going to continue to do that and to use that pattern of gaslighting until you know that's going to run out really quickly because even that deceptive behavior will be picked up in other ways. Even though this person's gaslighting and saying things, the behaviors are going to be way different and the pattern of behavior is going to be different. And that's what your intuition picks up on. So somebody can try and lie to you as, as, as much as they want. But remember, we got four types of intuition that are all working together with their various signals saying, nice try, but it's not going to fly with me. Well, and, and you talk as well about intuitive drivers and those you know values and our sense of purpose and our personal mission. So there's something to be said for being so in touch with what those are. And I think that's a missing in a lot of cases. So we might have these intuitive signals, but we know something's out of alignment. But unless we've really articulated for ourselves what our values are, that's one of the first things I do with coaching clients is to get Absolutely. really clear on it because you, you, you know you're off, but you don't even know quite where to go or where to, what to head towards. Absolutely. And those values are very, very important in your personal life and even in business. I mean, what are those core values? Why did you start this business in the first place? Because people are going to gravitate to that story. They want to also be associated with someone that, that has those kind of core values that drive. I mean, everybody's like, we want, we want to be the best in customer service or we want to be the cleanest person in town and all that. What does that mean? You know, everybody's got that tagline. You're not unique to that, right? I've got the best pizza place. Uh, I won millions of awards. But what does that mean to me? Because when it looks at that intuition, what drives someone to want to be with you is that it, that there's an, a certain amount of emotional connection they need. And that has to do with the values of why you started a business. Who are you as a person? What are you doing in life? And the right people will be attracted to you in your personal life when they see you being someone who you're true to yourself with. And in business, when you have that purpose in your business, why are you doing that business? And then people get drawn to you. And so I so see see the power of that, especially in about the last year and a half, I've really stepped into expressing more of who I am. People will have heard me talk about the high sensitivity and this mission I have in the world to make it safer and more tender and create a happy space. You know, all of that is 
I'm finding it's magnetic and I had no idea beforehand. So there is such a power in stepping really fully into those values and expressing them and seeing what that does in your business. I can't quite believe it actually. It's that powerful. Yeah. And those values, they're the ones that drove joy in your life from the past, right? And so it's finding that joy again, what you do and attracting those people who are going to share in that joy. And the one thing that I continue to say is that, and I'm, I, we're all unique, but you know, if somebody's not going to share in that joy with me, I just tell them, you know, either you're going to be on the same train with me. I'm on, this is my train. This is the track. This is the speed I'm going. If you don't enjoy it, get off at the next station. And if you continue to bother me, I'll throw you off the train myself. Uh, this is decluttering your people. <laughs> big time, big time. Right? I, I, I just can't, I can't, I don't have time to play puppeteer to myself and be someone I'm not. I'd rather just come forward and this is who I am. This is what I stand for. These are my values. These are my family's values. And if you want to come along, we'll have an amazing friendship. And I've got some amazing friends that have come and gone. And we've had just unbelievable experiences together. And that's what life should be all about. And that's all driven by intuition, making sure that you select the right people in your life and in business so that that becomes an unbelievable experience for you that you'll never regret. And that's one thing I say, don't regret when you're 65 or 70. Don't regret tomorrow. Stop regretting today. Right? What that's are we powerful. waiting for? That's, that's so powerful. So Nell, you shared so much in our conversation today. So people have a better sense of, gee, what is that intuition? The four different kinds that comes from, you got to pay attention to your signals and tune into those and, and step into this experience of living your values and inviting those in who share, who resonate well with you, who are vibrating with you kind of thing. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been wonderful to dive into this topic. I loved reading your book. Again, it's called Gut, What It Is, How to Trust It, and How to Use It. So I invite all of our listeners out there to get a copy of the book and dive in. You'll understand a little bit more and be prompted to get in touch with that part of yourself. Just to give a bit more information, there's a part on individual intuition, and then there's a part on corporate intuition, which looks about at how it really shows up in business as well. So you kind of get both perspectives, which is immensely valuable. So Sunil, thanks again for joining us. No problem. I invite everyone to, as always, check out all of our episodes at napopodcast.com and share your feedback. We'll be sharing this, of course, in social media. So let Sunil know what really resonated with you. When has your intuition served you? When have you dismissed it like I did and really made some decisions which did not turn out so well? Let's hear what you have to say about intuition and how you're going to use it going forward. So until next time, please be safe, stay kind, and enjoy your journey. And of course, tune into your intuition. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.